Oh my, I made such a joke. (laughs) (laughs) It's November 2nd, 2022, and this is Rare Encounter, encounter number 121. I'm a being with engineering opportunity before me. I'm Abel Kirby. And I never believe in the no-nut situation. I'm cold acid. He's nutting every night, boys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fuck no nut November. I'm nutting every night. They said no and nuts. Yes, yes. He said mo nut. No nut November. Fuck that shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. And yes, it's episode 121, or as I like to call it, 11 squared. 11 squared. Oh, boy. We're back on these babies. Yeah, there's been a lot of things going on. Um, a lot of 11s being squared. Uh, <laughs> let's not make a Kogeis <laughs> joke. <laughs> I, I have the feeling we're going to end up talking about anime today. Uh, that's my uh, the unfortunate oh, yeah, situation. And I heard a bottle top. What was that? Yes, you did. It's mango today. Horitos! There you go. I don't have my, I don't have my, uh, my jingle board again. Unfortunately, I'm on the road again. On the road again. On the road. But I am in a hotel, and it has a little mini fridge right next to me, so I can open that up and pull out my uh, my drink. And I have a Blue Point Brewing Company toasted lager, which sounds like something you find <laughs> after a forest fire, but we'll, we'll give this one yeah, a taste. Yeah, it does. Oh, boy. Mm. And actually, that's not bad at all. And to, to wash it down, I have a special drink. Uh, I don't always bring up the second um, thing I usually have. I usually have water. But I have something special for water today. I actually have Joe's water. Yeah, I always have a water in the throat. But I have Joe's water. You don't understand. Um, I went, does I went Joe to the know store. you took his water? I have a bottle that says Joe's Spring Water. And I've been wondering if it's from Joe's Spring or if Joe is the spring. It's very hard to understand. But it tastes like water. It, 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 or what if, it, what if it came out of Joe's Spring? I hope not. That spring uh, needs to be covered up. How cloudy is this water? Uh, it's very turbid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. There's some dirty, oh dirty my. water out there you wouldn't want to drink. But I'll tell you what. I'm on Long Island right now, Long Island, New York. That's probably why I was uh, playing some Billy Joel, long-form Billy Joel before the show. And I, yet you don't have a nice tea. I cannot do those. They are just too much alcohol in... Too much all at once. Uh, I, I've tempered myself maybe once in a while. I might have one, and I'm talking every maybe once a year. But uh, Long Island iced tea is not my uh, my normal beverage. Um, I did roll by Oyster Bay, Long Island, though, which I believe is where Billy Joel is from. Someone else can correct me, but, well, know. he sang in one of his songs. He makes references to Oyster—there's a boy from Oyster Bay, Long Island, with a six-pack in his hands— and uh, he's, uh, you know, singing about Long Island and New York. And then, of course, he went off. Billy Joel's career took him off to Hollywood for a while, and he was playing a bunch of stuff over there. But then when he moved back to New York and he put out Turnstiles, was a great, um, great album. That's what I was playing a couple tracks from, you know, Say Goodbye to Hollywood. And, it looks you know, like Sir Spencer in the chat consulted the Book of Knowledge and pasted. William Martin Jewell was born in the Bronx, New York, on May 9, 1949. When he was one year old, his family moved to the Long Island suburb Hicksville. 
in the town of Oyster Bay, where he and his cousin Judy, who his parents adopted, were raised in a section of Levitt Homes. Yes. So it is true. The song is true. This is one of a few times where I've let lyrics from a song lead me around on, on stupid quests. Um, one of them involved finding street addresses inside um, Key West, Florida where there were various songs that made references to different streets and places that you should check out. Um, specifically where Jimmy Buffett wasn't, I think, as the song went. And, uh, and uh, Anyway, I wasn't sure if these places were real or not, and so I ended up going and looking around. It turns out you can find your way around uh, town, in some towns anyway, just by listening to song lyrics. So I found my Did way Did you around. ever call Jenny? I have not called Jenny, unfortunately. Uh, I've been... Uh. I know her number, though. I have her number. And if anyone needs her number, if you pay me enough, I will tell you Jenny's number. <laughs> Man, I won't even I won't even make them pay. I'll just tell I'll just tell everybody her number right don't now. Don't tell her number. 867-5309. Oh, don't do it. <laughs> Too late. No. Now Jenny's going to get all those phone calls. Oh. <laughs> uh, Servo asked, does Jenny have a gun? I think she does. I've heard that. I've heard that from a song too. You got to be careful no, of Jenny. I don't think that was. I don't think that was Jenny. You don't think that Jenny's got Jamie? A, Jamie? You don't think Jenny's yeah. got a gun? Is it? Isn't it Jamie's got a gun? I think Jenny's got a gun too. I don't know who has a gun around here. Janie. Hey, this, <laughs> Janie. It's Janie who has the gun. Janie has a Not gun. Not Jenny. Janie. Oh boy! And what about Janie's mom? Does is Janie's mom? Does she have it going on? Or is this another girl? <laughs> No, that's it, another girl. Where do you meet all these girls, like the song girls? Is there like a uh, club you can go to and it has all the song girls at a table and you can talk to them? That would how be you, nice. How do you meet the yeah, song it, girls? It's Stacy's mom who's got it going on. Okay, so Stacy's mom has it going on. Janie's got the gun. And Jenny, I guess, has a phone. Her phone number is in every, is in every like, washroom stall from here to Timbuktu. Now, how's Roxanne fit into this? <laughs> she um, does she's she, got a red light well she but she doesn't have to put it on you see no that's but she does anyway that's the that's the conundrum that's the trial of roxanne she she doesn't have to put on the red light but she does <laughs> oh god where are we what are we doing <laughs> Uh, I think I think we're I think we're like stretching stretching the this joke out on a rack and turning even after the limbs have popped out. <laughs> yes, like a Barbie doll at a barbecue. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> we we have some announcements here. Uh, we have uh, rareencounter.net is where you can find our show. Our show is Rare Encounter. That's what we're doing right now. It's going right into your ear holes. We do it every seven. Holy shit! PM. We are. <laughs> Every 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the No Agenda stream. Also, the Rare Encounter stream. You can head to rareencounter.net to get in the uh, troll room. Troll along, send us messages. We're reacting to some of these IRC guys. If you're IRC literate, you can hop on irc.zerodo.net. We're in the room Rare Encounter. That's where we hang out. Um, and usually, for those who aren't IRC literate, well, the IRC illiterate are able to use the uh, embedded chat on our live stream page on rareencounter.net slash live.php. Nice. Get that PHP. Hey, Cold Acid, what does PHP stand for? Pretty hard penis. Uh, yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Oh! <laughs> well, I was going to say, I was going to say, like, 
pretty horrible programming. Oh, pretty horrible program. There we go. Let's have a quick discussion about lightning and boosting, because unfortunately that's not working right now. Uh, No, no, it's not. My node is still down, and right now I don't have any plans to actually bring it back up until this certain program that makes it work called LND is itself working properly again. Right. I'm I'm a little more ready to do whatever patch comes out without looking too hard at it. But the uh the bottom line is I won't be home to to do maintenance on my node uh until next until after the show, let's say, until before next show. So uh unfortunately boosting is out of commission. Podcasting two point down, podcasts are down. Oh. Mm. oh, is that a goose? Yeah. <laughs> it didn't know you had that on the soundboard. Oh, you got one of those too. No, That's here wh- here's the here's the appropriate uh, the appropriate uh, clip. Fuck you, motherfucker. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, LND. Ah, uh, well, well. Uh, unf- despite that, uh, we do do the show for free, and we'll continue to do it, even though we can't receive any boostograms right now. And uh, so we no, also some- we can we can receive uh, we can receive five cuck bucks and we did in fact receive a paypal donation for tonight's show and that means our executive producer for tonight is none other than returning donator returning executive producer and ever-loving fan of the show bayern giant bayern giant in yeah who sent in 11 11 very appropriate for for tonight's episode 11 squared, nice. $11.11, because if you multiply 11 by 11, you get 121. (laughs) They're with the math tables, the the times tables, man. Um, I just like squares. What can I say? (laughs) Well, it takes one to know one. We've got some hey! pro- we got some programming to go hold through on, today. Hold on, hold on, hold on. He actually <laughs> had he actually had a note for us today. Okay. And he he actually put in for today's cuck box, any chance I could get an uwu for good luck bowling tonight? Those big <laughs> polished balls can be hard to handle. <laughs> I'm way late, so no worries if not. Uh devil salute uh, emoji. And you know what I say? Uwu. Uwu. Ooh, am I cute? Ooh, ooh. Am I cute? Ooh, ooh. Oh, God. Ooh. That's the only <laughs> so time I'm ever doing giant. that. I'm, that's the only time I'm ever doing that. <laughs> you no, enjoy you'll do it, it again. And it'll get ISO'd. And then, and then every time somebody <laughs> needs an ooh, ooh on their, on their show, they're going to play the clip of you saying ooh, ooh. Yeah. Well, we had, uh, are you ready for stories? I got one that I really want to talk about. This one's been sitting on the top of my notes uh, since last week, and I really want to talk about it because it's, uh, it's right my style. And it, it, I had an epiphany about Rare Encounter reading this story. This is a very sad story. I mean, we have tragic stories uh, occasionally. We try and stay on the upbeat side, and unfortunately we're reporting a death here. This is the oh. death of the world's dirtiest man. Dies in Iran at the age of 94. Yep. Have you seen this guy? Now, yeah, I have. And you know what? The article that you, you picked for this is a pretty is a pretty filthy one, or a pretty <laughs> crappy one. Oh, you, you want to do why? a better one? Why? Because it, doesn't, because it didn't mention the fact that 
he actually did have a bath a couple of months ago. Oh. And that may be what killed him. What? I didn't know that. Yeah. So this is a yeah. guy, this is an Iranian man who's been nicknamed the dirtiest man in the world because he won't bathe. He won't clean himself. And there's, he like, he lives in a hut that the local villagers uh, made for him, where it's just like cinder blocks with some boards on top and graffiti and, and basically lives in filth. He's completely covered in dirt. Uh, all the time, won't clean anything, and he's been going on and on and on for years. They ask him, why haven't you bathed? And he says he's afraid of getting sick if he washes. And if he doesn't wash, he won't get sick. And so he doesn't wash himself. And that's, this is this guy's uh, shtick. Um, I think his name was Haji. Um, I'm trying to find uh, a... Yeah, he is... Is at least nicknamed Amal Haji, which is Uncle Haji. <laughs> they it's have. Just a, I I think it's just it, apparently according to USA Today, it's just a term of endearment for older people in Iran. Mm. Yeah, but when I was going to make a Johnny Quest joke, but I will sandwich. Uh, I will stifle that and not make a Johnny Quest joke. There are um, there are some very interesting parts of this. Um, my fascination with this is like the old man who just keeps doing weird things forever. I have, I have a lot of respect for this guy. Like he had a thing and he just did it yeah. in, you know, it reminds me of the, like the guys who would live on top of poles and, uh, you know, river Dave and all these other guys. And, and I was, I was reading this article. I had an epiphany about rare encounter. We have another go-to topic that we don't we haven't addressed yet, which is we frequently cover like weird old men who who, who <laughs> that, do that, offbeat that things. That doesn't sound as good uh, coming out as it probably did in your head. Well, we cover weird old men on this show, and it's it's like a fascination. Maybe it's uh, I'm looking in the mirror. There's literally a mirror here, so. Maybe I'm you know you I'm see you it. see weird old men and you know what I see Gandalf I see I see actual realizations of the of Nietzsche's Superman concept Wow tell me about this Superman concept I'm not familiar these are people who who are living by their own internal rules they're not they're not living by what what society and everybody else demands of them. These are the actual Ubermensch. The Ubermensch is not like some fucking six foot five blonde Aryan who's out to like gas everybody who's black or Jewish or whatever. Right. No, it's, 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 it's actually the people who who go beyond uh what what we consider like modern uh social morality and live by pretty much live by their own rules it's a five foot eight arab guy who lives in the dirt for 94 years because that's <laughs> what he wants that's that's the life he has chosen for himself this has not been forced on him in fact there are there are things trying to take him away from it and yet steadfastly to well, almost the end of his days he lived his life as he saw appropriate for him now we need to unbound get bound by unbound <laughs> by the constraints of morality and ethics in society we that my good sir 
is the Superman. We need to get some some deets on this shower or bath that he had because the fact that he had he bathed very soon, which is new information. You just told me that right before he I died, I think it was a bathed. plot by the elites. The elite, the elites, uh, pretending to be the, his fellow villagers. Oh my were god! So, somehow forced him to bathe. Oh, so no. that he would, so that he would die. So George, because they can't stand, they can't strand real Ubermenschen around them. George Soros propped a bucket of water up on his door, so when he went home, it fell on him. Oh, I know it. That's what must have happened. Yeah, that sounds about right to me. George, you got him this time, George, but you won't get the next one. I'm going to be the next one. You won't get me. (laughs) What I want to know is who takes this guy's place. So if he is or was the world's dirtiest man, which one of us is going to take his place? Let me put it like that. I don't think it's going to be either of us because I've seen people are filthier than me uh, in downtown Toronto. And even even there, like the homeless in downtown Toronto are like are like big span compared to the homeless in some other parts of the world. Okay, so we think he's going to be a homeless guy. uh, Sir Spencer said in the chat that Lorian said there's a guy in India who is, like, the next dirtiest man in the world. Oh, another dirty haji. Apparently I'm... apparently, Sir Spencer was thinking about filling the spot himself, and, well, he's, he might be the dirtiest-minded man in the world, <laughs> or, at least, uh, or at least in podcasts in the Fediverse. That's not the same as being physically dirty. Physically filthy. Apply today. All right, well, uh, <laughs> wish uh, Uncle Haji... Uh, safe passage to the next world. Uh, rest in peace, my rest dude. In peace. Rest in peace. Yep. He's living the dream. He just wants to be dirty and live in he a shack. He was. Shack. Yep. Um, I had one more story, which is a little uh, little offbeat. Um, it's another rare encounter go-to. I want to talk about the monkeys. Uh oh. So I, I, I think I have some. I think I have something for this. This is such a fucking rare encounter topic. No, wait, that wasn't it. <laughs> well, it Where'd is. Where'd my monkey clip go? <laughs> well, you're looking for your monkey clip. Um, we have, excuse me, 40 monkeys were killed by giving them laced bananas, drug-laced bananas. That's four tens. That is that's four tens. terrible. That is four elevens minus four, just to stay on that, the elevens. terrible. <laughs> the... Police in our, uh, so this is outraged villagers in India, um, are complaining that they found a bunch of dead monkeys hanging out, and they're pretty sure that these monkeys were poisoned and then dumped there. No one's really sure how they got there, because there's no monkeys in the area, uh, is what the reporting says. So it's in a place where there's not usually a lot of monkeys, and then they say there's 40 to 45 monkeys were found dead. Um, the postmortem is being conducted at the time of the reporting, but there's been no news since uh, to try and bananas. find bananas. Well, they say that it was lace bananas, but we're waiting for the actual report. But there's no um, culprit. What were they laced with fentanyl? I have no idea. You know, it could be monkey poison. Fentanyl could be a monkey poison. It, it's a human poison, and I mean, monkeys are our fellow simians. Mm. We. One of the things that I kept going back to in this story is I'm trying to 
trying to come up with an idea of who is dumping the dead monkeys. Who's behind the monkey corpses? Because it's not... It looks like these were intentionally killed animals that were dumped in a big pile in India, and there's like one or two things that I could come up with that could be the cause. Um, and one of them is borderline, we don't want to even bring it up on Rare Encounter, borderline, I'm wondering if this is like a pharmaceutical company was my prediction. Like who's, uh, well, you know, we have a bunch of lab monkeys it and then would, we got to get rid of them. It would honestly and... not be the first time. Just... I, I think, I think it wouldn't even be the first time in India that you'd have like a bunch of test monkeys that were given like some sort of, uh, drug and had very adverse reactions and they got rid of the evidence by just dumping the dead and dying monkeys somewhere They're just dumping the monkeys and dumping the monkeys so r.i.p monkey Jeez, there's all kinds so i'm getting the sad news out at the front i guess i don't yeah. know well that just means there's going to be more room for the fun stuff yeah um i'm looking at my notes i have another tragic story you need to jesus get, christ me something else I could do my tragic story and get it all out of the way. How about that? Um, yeah, I'll be... let's just get it out of the way and then, like, get on to the fun shit. Okay, this one's going to hurt you, so uh, prepare yourself, cold uh -oh. acid. Uh -oh. um, my body is ready. Lego is discontinuing the Mindstorms line after 24 what? years. In, yeah. in, the in the words of... In the words of... Uh, Hong Kong translated Darth Vader... No! In subtitles, do not want. <laughs> God. Yeah, so Mindstorms were, um, they meant a lot to me. I used to have these things. And so what, just to let people know what Mindstorms was, um, they were Lego bricks that would have a little microcontroller inside. They had a series of um, styled, uh, basically Lego brick that would snap together and it would have um, electrical contacts, so you could have a Lego motor, which would just be like a regular wound DC motor. Um, but in order so to just, attach I'm a wire to it, you would out, click, click. I'm just going to point on. out that these power cable uh, pieces actually predate Mindstorms, because there there have there have been like Lego motors for a long time and battery packs that fit into the Lego system for... And we're going back to, like, early to mid-90s Technic kits. Mm -hmm. You could get, you could get like, a Lego motor kit that you could add into certain sets. Like, I had this... I had this Technic Lego car set that had, like, a transmission and everything, mm -hmm. and there were instructions for optionally adding in a real motor to drive the engine and everything cool but it was like essentially 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 you had the you had the battery box it had a switch on it and that would determine whether or not it would send power down the cable to the motor right it wasn't it wasn't controllable like mindstorms so mindstorms had um a brick that was sort of like the brain it was a microcontroller that you could program um through i think you could program it through infrared or through usb i think and using some lego uh, some uh, software for the for the 1.0 brick i think it was uh infrared only mm. but later on i do believe they added usb support and yeah there is like this there's like this program 
that you'd run on your computer for this visual programming language yeah. that you'd use. So like drag and drop, like if this, then that sort of things. Yep. And uh, so just fitting with the Lego motif, it had a, a block based programming language where you drag the blocks and click them together. So you can do if statements looping and um, it was very, very visual. Um, a lot of schools picked up Mindstorms um, for, as part of the curriculum, um, my this, brother, when he was when he was going to when he was going to university for his bachelor's degree, like he he took mechatronics, and yeah, like I think in second and third year, like he was actually issued like a whole thing of like uh, the Mindstorms control brick and all various different motors and stuff for doing for doing robots for assignments. You know if it was the yellow one or the blue one, or I think there was a white one after? You know what generation it was? I don't remember. What I do remember is the university had, like, custom cases built to hold all the stuff. Yeah. So, like, you'd get this, you'd get this case, this, like, this, like, uh, carrying case with all, with all these Lego bits inside. Pretty cool. Well, uh, this is the end of it then. Um, I had the that yellow brick. Just if anyone was run, wondering, the um, this is RCX ten. Well, it says RCX. Oh, yeah, I guess it's one point Yeah, RCX one point Yeah, I had that one, and I also had the blue one a little bit later on. And you could, you know, make a little car with it. And but what you do is program it so it had you know sensors on it, light sensors, and you could make the um, the you know, have the light sensor looking down and have basically a, a little vehicle that would follow a black line on the ground. Like line following robots were pretty, pretty cool. And, um, other assorted random things you could do. That was, uh, you know, it's open ended engineering. You are a being yeah. with engineering opportunities before you. Some of those used to be Lego Mindstorms. Alas, no more. Yeah. Well, apparently they're still, they're still continuing, uh, their ability to uh, build and code uh, Lego robots, but it's their Spike Prime series, which is aimed towards education market. It's not aimed towards like consumers. Yep. Right. It's it's totally it's totally meant for like uh, high schoolers and university students. Right. Oh well, that was the end of my uh, my my brief sad news here, which is the just that. Yep. An I iconic sad, part of Lego is going away. Yeah. Now, All right, how about hit, something fun? Yeah, hit me with something fun. Does this sound familiar to you? That's Mr. Krabs walking in SpongeBob. Can't you just pretend to listen for once in your life? And notice how quickly he's moving? It's like, it's almost like a dance, you know? That's typical of cartoon characters, whose exaggerated movements and behavior call for equally exaggerated sound. So yeah, uh, you had this in your notes like months ago, and mm -hmm. I got around. I got around to watching it, and then it was like, yeah, this would actually be pretty interesting to bring onto the show because we weren't able to bring it on when you originally had it in your notes. And yeah, there's this uh, there's this video. Well, it really needs to be watched. I'm not doing it justice by just playing the playing the introduction uh, clipped out of it because a lot of what this is, which is called foley art, right, or foley effects, is 
to, to know what they're doing, it's very visual. You need to actually see it. So there's things like making the making the crab walk sounds where it's like knocking a couple of little bones on the floor or inside a seashell, right? Mm-hmm. Um, other sounds like those schwing sounds when you see like somebody pull out a blade in a cartoon Shwing. where they're actually like where they're actually like rubbing one uh, machete against another or against a shovel, right? Mm-hmm. Or the or the or the gloopy sound, which is mm-hmm. like, yeah, or we want to get something nice and juicy and wet. <laughs> Good. <laughs> no, that's not that's not her like fingering herself. That's that's like a wet shirt of like a heavier material, not like these like cheapo thin polyester shirts, uh, being like smacked on itself on the floor. <laughs> Good. Right? So it's it's really interesting. And one of the things with it too is like with cartoons, it seems that like Foley effects are really important because there is no pre existing sound bed for for what's been made, right? What mm-hmm. you have is is essentially uh what comes out of the recording booth from the from the voice actors and whatever sounds you can work out for everything else like at least with at least with live action shows and movies right you always you always have that the actual sounds from what the actors are doing on the set and like you'll you'll end up overdubbing that by by sticking the actors in a recording booth as well if the if the sound setup wasn't good for the scene Mm -hmm. right and you'd add in additional sounds but you know what you're working with and it's more a matter of reproducing the sounds in a in a cleaner fashion that can be put in you don't have anything like that for for animation because there there is nothing there's just a bunch of drawings that are played at uh, how many how many per minute or how many per second right yeah like it... 10 24 60 whatever and so all the sounds actually have to be made by by people as essentially in time with the with the animation that's going on. So it's really neat actually getting to see uh what's actually going on in uh in Foley production. Yeah, without Foley uh every cartoon would sound like a flipbook. It wouldn't even sound like that. But you know one of the, one of the other things that I liked with this clip is that it actually it actually showed and let you hear what a field of crabs sounds like. A field of crabs. It sounds like a tank in World War II. That was a uh, that was like the sound of a whole bunch of crabs stampeding across a beach. Jeez, it sounds like um, Shia LaBeouf and Brad Pitt inside a Panzer or something, you know? Lewd. Yeah. Yeah. Geez, they must be really hungry. Mm. You'd be that too if if you were the two of them inside a panzer. Inside a panzer. I don't think they were in a panzer. I don't know. I have to, I have to go watch that movie again. That's a weird one. Or was it Tom Hanks? asks if you can run Doom on a field of crabs, and I believe we've discussed that in the past, and the answer is yes, but very slowly. <laughs> a field of crabs is my favorite Song of Ice and Fire novel. I can't wait until it gets adapted. 
Don't do that while I'm trying to take a drink. <laughs> Fuck, I almost choked to death. A field of crabs. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> it sounds like one of those, huh? Anyway. It does. It does. It, it has that structure. It's like what George R. R. Martin has downstairs. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> or more likely, or more likely, the majority of the female characters in his uh, fantasy novels. Oh yeah, if it's not they have a field of crabs downstairs. If it's not diarrhea, they, really, they didn't really know much for uh, for uh, grooming and personal sanitation in those fantasy realms. You know, I think um, that's a misconception because a lot of lice prefer clean uh, hair. By the way, world's dirtiest man probably didn't have lice. Just so you know. But did he have ticks? They don't have ticks in Iran. <laughs> ah. I don't, I don't know. I'm making that up. I don't know. You know, a lot of ticks <laughs> got transported around the U.S. by, um, by you know, a lot of the strains of ticks got distributed by the highway system. They weren't um, distributed all over. Like, I think it was deer ticks in particular. Um, That's not surprising, actually. Yeah. They, the spread of them can be tracked basically to... When they were transporting, I think it was like truckloads of uh, of livestock from one place to another. I can't remember what the route name oh, was. Oh yeah, that but would it definitely was, do it. But it was basically they were covered in ticks, or they and the ticks fell off, you know, on the side of the road, and uh, that's how they got laced throughout the U.S. It was uh, it's very sad. There's a lot of invasive species around um, that. The gypsy moths are one. Um, it, it, not even going into the plants. The, the Asian carp. Oh, not the even the Asian carp. There's some like mu- what is it? The news, the mussels, the little spiral. Oh uh, yeah, mussels. zebra mussels. Zebra mussels. We don't have to it. worry about zebra mussels on the lake my cottage is on because the water is acidic enough that they can't form the shells, mm. and without the shells, they are nice, tasty fish food. Hmm. Yeah, there's a there's a lot yeah, of that. You have around. you have a high you have a high enough like if your water is acidic enough, then those like <laughs> calcium carbonates that the shells are formed out of cannot actually cannot actually form, or they just get eaten away right away by the water. Yeah, because they're a, a base. Yes. Yes. Very interesting. Just like tums. Hey, did you know that uh, most people eat tums wrong? I'm just pulling out trivia here. I don't know. Wait, I'm not what? actually stalling. I'm not. There's a right way to eat Tums? Yeah, most people put them in their mouth and chew them. Go on. And and the amount of uh, calcium carbonate in there is way too much. It not only depletes all the acid in your stomach, which is not what the point of, uh, if say you had heartburn, it's not what you're trying to do. Uh, is completely wash out all the acid in your stomach and then still have more left over so that as your um i think it's proton pumps continue generating acid in the in your stomach walls um make more it's continually neutralized over and over and over uh that's not what you want to do if you're managing um an acid indigestion problem you want to take a tums you know like the tablet and then bite yeah. You bite off like the tiniest little sliver of it and and chew it and swallow it and then wait. And then in a minute, if it's not enough, you bite off a little tiny little piece. But you can get one piece of Tums, like one Tums, and um, put it on like, uh, I have like one in my car that I've been nibbling like a mouse for like 
weeks? Three years now. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I've been on the road, okay, you don't always eat the best when you're out there, but it's, uh, it's just so overkill. It's like people say, oh, I took, uh, I took a Rolaids. It's not just Tums, right? I took a Rolaids, it made my heartburn worse. Yeah, because you ate the whole thing, you doofus. Anyway. So, so what you're saying is, what you're saying is, like with LSD, you microdose with <laughs> you, Tums. You, <laughs> that's right, cold acid. I microdose my Tums. <laughs> that is exactly the right description. You microdose Tums. So now, to now I've got to wonder what sort of wild ass <laughs> trip would somebody go on if they just like swallowed a whole Tums, didn't even chew it, just swallowed the whole thing down. <laughs> you know, when I was a kid, I ate a whole bottle of Tums. By the way, my mom <laughs> oh, no. called poison control, <laughs> but they taste so good. They they were candy, they were colored, they were pastel candy colored. Yeah. If it's fruity flavors, you were, ne- you were never so based as you were that moment. I was never. That's why I'm so based, cold ass. <laughs> it still hasn't worn off. <laughs> oh god, that's it. That's good. <laughs> Well, speaking of base, I've got another story to bring up. Uh, make sure uh, we have time for anime. Just yeah, say it. This is some NASCAR is now based and GameCube pilled. Okay, GameCube. They got the Barney purse, the Barney purse GameCube with no, the handle. Like, did you did you hear about this? Um, no. This. Uh, who who was it? Um, so there's a there is this move. There's this move in like like various racing games on on consoles, right? Mm-hmm. Where you do what you do what's called as a wall ride, which is essentially essentially you are you're like rubbing against the wall of the course to get around to get around the other drivers in the game. Okay. And this this dude, Ross Chastain, he pulled that off in a real race to secure a the final qualifying spot for the NASCAR championships for this year. Okay. What when and they he did what? it at the, he did it at the last at the last moment too. So he, yeah, he was like driving rubbing right against the wall and when he was asked when he was asked about this in what he did in the post game interview, he admitted that yes, he he used to do that playing NASCAR 2005 on the GameCube <laughs> and wondered if it would work in real life. And, well, apparently it did. He just did it, huh? He just did it, yeah. Oh, cool. Do you think this guy... This, will... this isn't even... Okay, this is not even the first time that, like, that, like, video game winning moves have been used in real-life sport, which which surprised me. I Oh, yeah, from, I can... When I read about this... I I came I found out this other this other article from 2010 Wired magazine from 2010 discussing a Denver Broncos game the the first the first Sunday of the NFL's 2009 season the Broncos were trailing the Cincinnati Bengals seven to six and the ball was on their 13 yard line not not the Bengals. On the Broncos. Okay. And with something like 17, 17 seconds left on the clock, second down, like ball get, oh, sorry, 28 seconds. 
Ball gets thrown, ball. deflected by a Bengals defender. Get out of here, but, ball. But but popped but popped up and landed in the arms of of one of the, of the Broncos wide receivers who ran all the way down the field and then at the last minute before crossing before crossing into the zone, right? He stopped, turned 90 degrees, ran to the other side of the field and then ran across uh, for the touchdown. So he, running out the clock. Interesting. Yes. So he's just killing which time. Is a, which is a well-known, which is a well-known tactic in various video games that you run out the clock so that the other player or other team can't get any more points on you. Mm. This is not just in sports games. This isn't like, this isn't like competitive shooter games and everything, right? Where, where like the number, the number of kills that you get or number of points for holding something, right? You do that. You do that so that the other team just doesn't get a chance to recover anymore. Yeah, some of this video game stuff has infiltrated armed forces all over the place. Um, if you hang out with some armed forces guys who are younger and they who have played a lot of first person shooters before they join the army, they'll what they describe is yeah. These days, when you go do your uh, your training and you do your M um, was it M two hundred three grenade launcher, everyone calls it the noob tube. In real life, that's <laughs> <laughs> very. I bet. I bet so. So many people who grew up playing first-person shooters and then go join the army to to actually fight in real life are disappointed by the severe lack of waist-high walls everywhere for them to crouch behind. Oh yeah, you gotta have those for the third-person shooters, man. It's like Gears of War. We're just going to build this whole city out of waist-high walls. <laughs> God. On the, other on the other hand, at least they don't have to worry about drowning whenever they step into a foot of water. Yes, indeed. I want to know what happens to the plumbers who played Mario. Like, what, what kind of tricks did they learn? Uh, how to go to other worlds and rescue princesses, obviously. By using a pipe. Got it. Thanks, video games. <laughs> All right. Well, we got we got the video games covered. We got to do some anime, man. We got yeah. We, we got to do some anime. I got I got some more video game stories, but anime and podcast rundowns definitely come first. All right. I've got the only anime that I'm currently watching. I got a whole dump. I got four episodes worth of screenshots. I'll put together big massive dump. A big, that's what they call them, big, massive dumps. Peter Grill, season two. Uh, four super episodes extra. Out. Super extra. And when you watch, when you watch yeah. the introduction. S-E-X. It, it just says <laughs> sex at the bottom, and then it kind of expands. There's super extra. It's like, God. Of course. So, have you watched, just before I start Cold As It, have you... Uh, have you watched Peter Grill season two? I am so sadly behind on oh. my anime watching. <laughs> I've seen the first two episodes of the second season, and I've watched the first two episodes of another show and a couple of first episodes. But I've been so like, like I've just been playing Oblivion obsessively since I started reading <laughs> that, and so I am like really behind on all my anime. It's Oblivion. All right, well, I want to do a quick rundown. Yeah, I know, but I found I found the right mods so that the so that the 
other characters actually look like somewhat human instead of like potatoes with limbs. <laughs> I just can't into those games, man. They're just too much. But I hear the mods are good. The mods are good. Oh yeah. Um you you haven't seen you haven't seen like Khajiit chicks until you've seen them with like G cup tits. Never mind. Never mind the fact that. Never mind the fact that, in all actuality, uh, Khajiit females would have rows of nipples like actual cats, and that Argonians do not have fat booty or big ass titties. <laughs> well, uh, now that we've covered that, uh, can we talk about Peter Grill? Because I want to talk yes. about. Pe- I want to talk about Peter Grill. <laughs> um, Peter Grill season two uh, opens with the crisis of the goblins. Now the problem with these ah, goblins, spe- speaking about speaking about green skins with big tits, <laughs> these goblins are these gob- are not your normal goblins. These goblins are gobbling up every man that they can find because they're all female goblins, and they are raiding the the countryside uh, for men. They're looking for men and man meat. <laughs> they are looking for they are looking for crotch custard. They are after it. And this is the story of Peter Grill is an extremely retarded show. If you uh, did not know, this is something we covered on Rare Encounter back when the first season aired, uh, uh, the first adaptation aired. And uh, so Peter Grill, just to give you some background, is the strongest man in the world. We know this because he won a tournament once. And uh, at, but As it was the, determined to determine the strongest man in the world. Right. And Don't so, forget that. And so they... <laughs> Okay, so it's valid. As soon as he won, all of the different, um, all the different fairy tale races in the world—the the uh, the goblins, the orcs, um, the—they were all hungry for his banana. They wanted his banana. They wanted his man seed so that they could make the strongest baby in the world. Half. I guess half orc. (laughs) I don't know. And uh, half orc or half half oni or half whatever half elf they're just after that good good seed and oh, yeah. uh, anyway this is the whole show it's like a 10 minute show sandwiched between a a minute and a half opening and a in a in a minute and a half clothing cl- cl- closing clothing there's no clothing in this show by the way it's all tits and ass but it is it is shameless I am continually uh, surprised by how awesome this show is. They don't pull any punches. They have like the guy, the guy in the red, white, uh, and blue. Uh, I guess it was just red and blue um, thong armor. They have the the KKK stand-ins going. All goblins must die, and they're there to kill the the, the little goblins. It's just absolutely shameless with everything that they do. Um, I put some uh, screenshots don't in. The, don't forget the Goblin Queen, who the Goblin uh, Queen, who is like the side, like she looks like she could fit the rest of the Goblin Horde inside. She looks like the you know the the movie Aliens and the Queen Alien. She looks like that a little bit. But no, this, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. She she looks um, uh, obscenely <laughs> obese. And yet, her her thirst for man is stronger than any of the others, and so which they, is really disturbing. So I pulled out some screenshots, which had uh, some good shots and some funny uh, one-liners. 
Um, I think you you already used the uh, the shining reference, the crotch custard one. Well, you used the shining reference, right? You can't escape from me. Where it's the the sister yeah. shows up. You Peter can't Grill's escape shifter. from me, big bro. That's uh, Peter Grill's sister shows up, and it's actually really hilarious. Um, they find the secret Although she weapon. Is not, she's not trying to get his seed yet. There's money on this. We'll see what happens. Yeah, or I could spoil it for you. Well, don't spoil it for me. Um, okay. But yeah, it's a, a very amusing show. It has a lot of good one-liners. Um, a lot of these screenshots are great out of context. The funny thing about even in context, of, they're pretty good. Yeah, the the out of context meaning is exactly what the in context meaning is. It's great where they're. Uh, she's not in heat anymore. <laughs> oh god, I'm just looking at some of these. <laughs> Yeah. Blow your loads into yeah. the mouths of every goblin in sight. I mean, this is an actual line from the, from the show. <laughs> it's awesome. Anyway, what have you been up to? What have you been watching? So the the other show that I have seen more than just the initial episode of is uh, is called Fufu Ijo Kobito Miman, or in English, more than a married couple, but not lovers. And this is the show about, like, the high, the third year high school students are like all, all like forced by the school to shack up with each other, at, essentially with the couples picked at random, uh, to live together in a couple practical, which is with they they have their own bedrooms and uh, they have okay. like special locks so that you can't you can't go into the other's bedroom without them like actually letting you in from outside of the room. Uh, so the, the main, the main dude, he's, uh, he's a bit of a weeb and there's a girl that is his childhood friend that he does like and was once wants to do the couple practical with, but he ends up getting, getting shacked up with this, uh, this gal who is interested in the class Chad instead. Hmm. And so they have to, like, try and get along with each other well enough that they get an A rank at each checkpoint through this course so that they have the ability to change partners with any with anyone else who is an A rank couple. So uh, point, 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 of, point of annoyance um, in this is that is that the childhood friend and the class Chad were also paired as a couple. So is this the same author as the school trip to the nudist beach, uh, Dajinchi, or is that something else? What? School it's, trip to the... Um, I think, like I think the same you're going to have to send me a link to this doujin for um, research purposes. Okay, well, it's in your chat. <laughs> <laughs> it's it sounds like you're describing the uh the story to a porno that I watched once. That's yeah. all I'm this saying. This is uh the the original manga is by Yuki Kanemaru. Mm, different guy then. Okay. Yeah. Spiritual successor, Ooh, let's say. Let's see let's see um yeah, only 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 things here is just this this manga and I guess moral support to the to the anime production. Okay. Moral support. Anime morals. Oh. Oh my. I made such a joke. Ha ha ha. 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 Ha 
What the well, fuck were we just doing? <laughs> I have no idea. We went into Beavis and Butthead mode. <laughs> Guys, you're not supposed to go into Beavis and Butthead mode. <laughs> I did send you... I did actually send you a link to that, by the way. So you could yes, I know. Out. I saw. Um... Let's see. So I've got I've got two more games, and you've got something else that need that needs to be brought up. We still got to do the podcast rundown too, but we got to get these stories done. Okay. This episode Let's because... give me give me your stuff. I'll do the podcast rundown, and we'll end with my final must-have story. All right. So apparently, uh, Dwarf Fortress has been undergoing a makeover, and it's going to be released on Steam in December. And well, it includes like, uh, like lots of lots of sprites, so it actually looks nicer than the original, like all ASCII everywhere sort of appearance. Mm-hmm. And more more music rather than the one track that plays over and over again. <laughs> uh, there's a tutorial, and most importantly for a lot of people, actual mouse support <gasps> coming to the game. Yeah. So you can have I've a mouse another, in your dwarf. I've got another friend who who keeps playing Dwarf Fortress, and I'm I'm not sure if he's going to like or dislike this, but I think he will appreciate the mouse support. Now, from what I can tell, you actually have to you actually have to pay for it now for all of this, Ooh. but it's probably not going to be that expensive. The thing the thing is like. Dwarf Fortress itself by the by the Adams brothers, right? They're just doing that and releasing it for free and just crowdfunding. But the other the other thing is uh as it is on Steam is through this actual company called Kitfox that handles a lot of things and actually has like paid staff and everything. And so you end up like, yeah, somebody somebody's gotta get money somehow, and part of the reason they did this partnership with Kitfox is for their own financial security because being people who live in America, while they don't have they don't have the uh, uh, socialized healthcare that the that the more civilized world has. <laughs> Although well, that was the sound of the cock say, in your like mouth. The, I understand. The ability oh, okay. of actually of actually like getting treatment for something uh, in a reasonable amount of time instead of like six months to two years later is a uh, is a big plus for your system over ours. Mm. <laughs> oh, but man. that's that's beside the point. So anyway, yeah. Uh Dwarf Fortress, it actually looks uh it actually looks pretty good like this. It's not like it's throwing in cutesy graphics. It's still very much like tile oriented appearances and just like, you know, some some like shading effects and stuff so that you can actually like have a better like view of the top down so you can see like which ways things slope in a nice way you know it's it's pretty decent hmm. so i i'm i'm looking forward to this i'll probably end up uh shelling out for it if it's not too much yeah, now I... the other the other game that i'm bringing up is actually a recently produced game for the amiga which it, not only that, it's a point-and-click adventure game, but it's a cyberpunk detective story. It's called Neon Noir. Is this in the style of the Blade Runner uh, point-and-click game? I would assume so. Uh, if you open the link, I posted into the yeah, uh, Rare Encounter chat room, and you can see the you can see the screenshots from the game. 
including one where the descriptive text says, world's first military grade laxative, declare war on constipation. <laughs> you know, the problem with people eating military grade laxatives is they do it wrong. You're supposed to nibble the sides. Yeah, microdose your laxatives, people. <laughs> yeah, microdose everything. <laughs> yeah, this looks a little like the uh, Blade Runner uh, uh, point-and-click game. I definitely like the graphics of it. It, Maybe. Looks, uh, it looks really good. Actually, Blade Runner was 3D. Wow, I forgot. For some reason, I thought it was 2D. Maybe it's not quite ex exactly a parallel to it, but uh looks good. I like the yeah. photos that have been processed to be... Um, so it's a photograph that's been processed to be kind of shiny and Hollywood ready and then reduced to a, um, you know, a, a smaller color palette. So it looks in a lower resolution, but it looks really good. This processing came out really great. However, they did that. Um, whether it's, it could just be an artist. I don't know. Yeah. It might not even be, it might not even be processed photos. Oh, it some of them are definitely be pixel art. This bitch with you, the... You'd be amazed at some of the things people have been able to do just uh, just painting pixel by pixel, man. No, like, this... it's The lady with the, with the purple hair, with the cabbage hair, that's a photograph. That's a process photograph. Even as artifacts, like, because it was a process photograph, so... Pretty sure about that. Maybe. Yeah, I'm pretty sure about that. I don't know, some of this AI art stuff gets on my nerves. It's uh, it was cool for like the first day. I don't think any of this day. is AI art. Although well, I do like I do like the AI art for some of the like, for some of the accidental like, uh, existential horrors that come out of it. But uh, a lot of it, when I just want to get when I just want to get like a picture of something based on like a description, it. Oh, how vague can you yeah, be? Yeah, the quality. The quality. <laughs> Like even with the high quality stuff, is not all that good. There's always, there's always areas that like something is wrong with, and at that point, like if you want to take that and get it touched up, well, you still need an actual artist to do that. At which point, why don't you just commission the artist to do it from the beginning, right, and get exactly what you want? Yeah, I'm sick of having um, uh, twenty threads and uh, eighteen of them are stable diffusion. This is bullshit. This has to go. That's all yeah, I'm going to say I, about I, that. I, I'm coming from it from a different direction. I'm coming from it from like a producer direction where where I'm looking at like, I want to have these particular uh, art assets for something and what's coming, out, what's coming out of the AI models is close but not quite there for the vision. And you're coming at it from like a consumer perspective where you're going on like an image board and instead of instead of seeing like stuff that actual people have done, you're just seeing all these threads of like of like quickly churned out AI pictures. Yep. Very um I don't know. It's a uh, it's not the way I want the uh the world to go. It's it's like I enjoy the fact that it exists, but like the low effort, uncurated use of these things is irritating. Um, well, like I said, that... like I said, the the trick to this is commission more artists, actual <laughs> artists. Don't pay don't pay your twelve ninety nine to some faceless AI startup in Silicon Valley. Throw your money at real people doing real art that you can actually 
have like a back and forth over. Better yet, throw your money at your favorite podcast, whoever that might be. That works for me too. Oh, there's a couple podcasts that might be your favorite podcast. Uh, we've got a little rundown that we like to do on this show where I talk about the just the most recent episodes of some of these. Um, Hog Story had a man down, unfortunately. They had a show. They had a stream um, with uh, entertaining the stream, but I think they had an unofficial show um, where uh, we wish Fletcher the best. I think he, uh, he uh, was under the weather, he- let's say that. And yeah. Uh, so they had a, uh, I might end up in pork rinds. I have absolutely no idea. Uh, you'll have to ask them, those guys, what they're doing. Um, behind the schemes, uh, had episode 124. I don't want to see angels in my haunted house. That was Ubery and Lightbright doing a history of haunted houses. It was actually pretty interesting. I was listening to that while I was uh, commuting. Lightbright. Yeah, go listen to the episode. You'll, you'll, you'll understand. They had a... Uh, discussion of the history of haunted houses, and I couldn't make it through the second half of show because I had to uh, keep changing my my uh, the stuff I was listening to. But the promise is that they would have stories from when they worked together um, at a haunted house. So this is uh, this is intriguing. I need to get back to behind the schemes. Um, Grumpy old Benz had episode two hundred one self driving rage, and that do you think GOB covers? Um, Electric cars and self-driving cars, uh, that's like one of their main topics, don't you think? I don't know. Um, I heard the first hour of today's GOB, but because of when I have to leave to get here on time, um, that's all I get before I have to get out of the office. I have to leave an hour early so that we're all good to go uh, for our own show. Now, when I start working out of the new office and have a much shorter commute... Uh, like a third of the time I'm currently spending, then that won't be a problem anymore. But for now, I'm only getting I'm only getting like grumpy O. Grumpy right? O. I'm not getting grumpy old Benz. I'm getting grumpy O. You know, grumpy O is probably the worst album by the Cars. That's all I have to say about that. Uh, bowl after bowl, <laughs> episode two hundred one, the Bowl B. Um, and Spencer's on that 3D printing kick. I'll tell you what, when I listen to him talk about 3D printing, it makes me want to do 3D printing, which is more, I don't have time to do 3D printing. I don't have the money to spend on 3D printers right now. Uh, it's a... apparently, apparently decent 3D printers aren't that expensive anymore. No. Or what my, from what my brother paid back in the day for his shitty Chinese one, uh, that, rarely ever worked and had like horrible uh print quality like it had the resolution was absolute shit like like it was it was like very low resolution i was Uh, for what he paid then would get you now like a pretty decent uh a pretty decent 3d printer I got to spend some time doing Uh, spencer says he got his for 99 dollars yeah yeah, that was a wicked sale at, um, if I remember his story right, at um, a little store called Micro Center, which, by the way, there is one in Columbus, Ohio. There isn't I... one anywhere in Canada, as far as I know. Oh, man. Micro Center's the shit. There was one in Denver, too, I used to go to when I lived over there. Then um, the one in Columbus, Ohio, I've only been to once before, but I need to make my put my ass back in there. Yeah. Um, when you do take take pictures so that you can so that you can show us sad Canadians what you guys get. <laughs> yeah. 
um, Dad's Anime Podcast. It's episode 89. That was their autumn 2022 season review, and it included housing complex C spoiler talk after a semicolon, which is in their title. Very interesting. Um, The uh, topic of that, they covered Peter Grill, but not... uh, very small amount. It was just Peter Grills Akuma, I think, was the take on it, which is true, but it missed, uh, I think, the joy that Peter Grill gives me, and so that's my my pushback. Peter Grill, I actually it, it, enjoy they, watching. They ignore, they ignore that Peter Grills cooming makes you coom. Peter Grill is probably the thing I look forward to the most in anime right now because it doesn't it doesn't care. It's not important. There's not. I mean, people like the show, but it, it's not like the fan base some of these other shows watch. It's inaccessible because it's gross. And uh, I laugh at their <laughs> really dumb jokes and lowbrow humor. It's uh, it's it's a lot of fun. You should everyone should watch Peter Grill. Everybody I mean, should watch Peter Grill. Along I with agree. along with Strike Witches. <laughs> I got to get that one in. Um, All right. So we each have one final closing story to uh to get out sure i do you want so, me to hit mine i've got the pumpkin I'm, based I'm transportation do mine and then ah. you hit yours because because i mean you've you've gotten like that whole that whole bit there now with the uh with the rundown so here's my story and i'm okay. not sure if this was covered on bowl after bowl or not but apparently somebody was handing out cannabis candies on Halloween. Ooh. Yeah. It sounds like this um, might be one of this uh one of Lorian's stories. We'll see if she I I'll, I'll, I'll tell you if she covered it when I list finish the end of it. THC laced nerds. Nerds. We're being hand- yeah. A 63-year-old man and a 53-year-old woman were arrested uh in Winnipeg after police alleged they were handing out cannabis candies to trick-or-treaters Uh-oh. in in their uh, South Tuxedo neighborhood. Tuxedo? What's a South Tuxedo. Tuxedo? Apparently there's a neighborhood, there's an area of Winterpeg called Tuxedo. I, it sounds like, you know, having a bow tie on your crotch. What's a... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. right? Okay, lower Tuxedo, okay. So apparently these, these were uh, found... Found inside sandwich bags along with full-size regular chocolate bars and were at least packaged to look like Nerds candies if they weren't, like, actually laced Nerds. And apparently, six hundred. the packages contained 600 milligrams of THC, where the maximum allowed for THC in edibles in Canada is 10 milligrams a package. Mm. So yeah, that's some uh, that's some strong weed snacks. It's uh, something. I mean, Willy Wonka. You wonder where he got that factory idea. You know, you'd be building your uh, own Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka. I don't think I don't think Willy Wonka was smoking the wacky tobacco. He seemed more of a uh, of a LSD type to me. He was uh, okay. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Um, maybe maybe with a maybe with a hint of uh, of cocaine use, you know. But yeah, very very much Willy Wonka's an acid head. Wonka Servo says man. PCP. <laughs> there you go. 
Does that explain Willy Wonka? Hey, cold acid. Why haven't we covered? Why haven't we covered Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory more? We should be talking about this shit all the time. Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory is a well. It's a good book, and it's a good movie, and it has some great visuals, and it has some good songs. It's got everything. I'm not that we covering. Love. I am not going to give Willy Wonka any proper coverage until he frees the Oompa Loompas. <laughs> Oh no! You got a bleeding heart. Here. He says he says he brought the he brought them to his factory so that they'd be safe from predators in their native land. But does he let them do anything else? No, he forces them to work for him day and night. Do they ever get out on vacation, see the rest of the world? No, they are his slaves. I think they like doing the work. I mean, they're singing when they're singing. That's when you know they're happy, right? Is that how really? Do they sound happy <laughs> when they sing like that? Well, you know, Oompa, Oompa, <laughs> that doesn't sound very happy to me, motherfucker. <laughs> no. Oh man, Deep Roy. Okay, played all oh, one hundred sixty-five Oompa Loompas. I found, I found the monkey clips. If you encounter a monkey, you're asked to call nine one one. Nice, especially if, got... especially if the monkey. Has eaten a fentanyl-laced banana. Or a nerd from a 55-year-old man from Winnipeg. <laughs> okay, well, uh, let's, let's, let's take a paddle down this, uh, this tunnel. <laughs> in char- in- <laughs> I'm trying to make the connection. It's not working, okay? There is no earthly way of knowing how this pumpkin keeps on growing. This guy has grown a giant pumpkin and then used it to paddle down the Missouri River. That's all I have to say about it. It's just a picture. He's so he grew a pumpkin. You know, you've heard of James and the Giant Peach. We all like that show, right? Yeah, like that, I, I was I was thinking about James and the Giant Peach when I was reading about this. But this is Dwayne and the that Giant it's Pumpkin. It's not James and the Giant Peach. It's Dwayne it's, and the Giant Pumpkin. Uh, du- it's Dwayne and the Giant Pumpkin. Yes, it's Dwayne and the Giant Pumpkin. Is it raining? Is it snowing? This guy keeps on rowing. Down the Missouri River in his giant pumpkin mobile boat thing, which uh, is very hilarious and fun. Have we arrived, Cold Acid? Can we go home now? <laughs> I just want to know. Close enough. This this is pretty cool, though. I mean, I mean, this was a huge ass pumpkin, and he hollowed it out to to go like what was it, thirty eight miles down a river. Paddling the pumpkin. Paddling the pumpkin. Nice. That's exactly what we need. Hey, baby. I yeah. can't. I, you, I, I love you, paddling my pumpkin. Are you paddling the pumpkin? You know what right I mean. Now? Yeah. You like that? Paddle the pumpkin? Ooh. Work that stub, baby. Ooh. <laughs> God. What do we do on this show? Oh, my God. Have is... fun weirding out everybody else. That's what. Oh, well. I think that's all we can do today. Weird other people I out. think that sounds pretty good. Yeah. Well, until next time, uh, I've been Abel Kirby. I've been Cold Acid. Keep it fruity, boys. Stay fruity, boys. Adios. What do I say? Yeah, keep how it do fruity, we, boys. How, how do we usually end these podcasts? I had a good woman. But she laid down, honey, and died. Oh, I had a good woman. But she laid down and died. Don't you know everybody tell me she wasn't sad?